file five of farthest north volume two this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by sharon riskedal farthest north by fritjof nansen volume two we make a start part two before leaving the fram for good i ought perhaps to give a short account of the equipment we finally decided on as the most likely to suit our purposes i have already mentioned the two kayaks that had been made during the course of the winter and that we required to have with us in order to cross possible channels and pools and also for use when we should come to open sea instead of these kayaks i had at first thought of taking ready-made canvas boat covers and of using the sledges as frames to stretch them over by this means a craft perfectly capable of carrying us over lanes and short bits of open sea could have been rigged up in a very short space of time i subsequently gave up this idea however and decided on the kayak a craft with which i was familiar and which i knew would render valuable assistance in several respects even if we had been able to contrive a cover for the sledges in such a manner that a boat could have been got ready in a short space of time it would not have been such quick work as simply launching a ready-made kayak added to this the craft would necessarily have been heavy to row and when it was a question of long distances in open water such as along the coasts of franz joseph land or across thence to spitzbergen much time would have been lost one consideration indeed and that of some moment was the saving in weight if the sledges were made use of but even this was not of so much importance as it seemed as the covers of both kinds of craft would have weighed about the same and what would have been saved in the weight of the frames was not much if one remembers that a whole kayak frame only weighs about sixteen pounds then too if kayaks were used some weight would be saved by being able to carry our provisions and other impedimenta in bags of thin material which could be stowed away in the kayaks and the latter lashed to the sledges our provisions would thus be protected against all risk of attack by dogs or of being cut by sharp pieces of ice the other alternative the canvas cover which would have required fitting on and folding up again after being in the water would necessarily in the low temperatures we had to expect have become spoiled and leaky last but not least the kayak with its tightly covered deck is a most efficient sea-boat in which one can get along in any kind of weather and is also an admirable craft for shooting and fishing purposes the boat which one could have contrived by the other expedient could with difficulty have been made anyway satisfactory in this respect i have also mentioned the sledges which i had made for this expedition they were of the same pattern as those built for the greenland one somewhat resembling in shape the norwegian shishelka which is a low hand sledge on broad runners similar to our ordinary ski but instead of the broad flat runners we used in greenland i had the runners made in this case about the same in width three and one-sixth inches but somewhat convex underneath like those to be found on the shishelka of osterdalen and elsewhere these convex runners proved to move very easily on the kind of country which we had to travel over and they enabled the long sledges to be turned with ease which was particularly convenient in the drift ice where the many irregularities often necessitated a very zigzag route 
the runners were covered with a thin plate of german silver which as it always keeps bright and smooth and does not rust answered its purpose well as i mentioned before there were thin loose well-tarred guard runners of a kind of maple osser platinidus underneath the german silver ones the sledges were also prepared in various other ways which have been treated of before for the heavy loads they were to carry at the beginning the result of this was that they were somewhat heavier than i had intended at first but in return i had the satisfaction of their being fit for use during the whole journey and not once were we stopped or delayed by their breaking down this has hardly been the case with former sledge journeys i have referred several times to our clothes and our trial trips in them although we had come to the conclusion that our wolfskin garments were too warm for traveling in we took them with us all the same on our first trip and wore them too to a certain extent but we soon discovered that they were always too warm and caused undue perspiration by absorbing all the moisture of the body they became so heavy that they made an appreciable difference in the weight of our loads and on our return from our three days absence from the vessel were so wet that they had to be hung for a long time over the saloon stove to dry to this was added the experience that when we took them off in the cold after having worn them for a time they froze so stiff that it was difficult to get them on again the result of all this was that i was not very favorably disposed towards them and eventually made up my mind to keep to my woolen clothes which i thought would give free outlet to the perspiration johansen followed my example our clothes then came to consist of about the following on the upper part of the body two woolen shirts jaegers outside these i had a camel's hair coat and last of all a thick rough jersey instead of the jersey johansen wore what is called on board ship an anorak of thick homespun provided with a hood which he could pull forward in front of his face and made after an eskimo pattern on our legs we had next to our skin woolen drawers and over these knickerbockers and loose gaiters of close norwegian homespun to protect us from wind and fine-driven snow which being of the nature of dust forces itself into every pore of a woolen fabric we wore a suit which has been mentioned before made of a thin close kind of cotton canvas and consisting of an upper garment to pull over the head provided with a hood in eskimo fashion and a lower one in the shape of a pair of wide overalls an important item in any outfit is the footgear instead of wearing long stockings i preferred to use loose stocking legs and socks as these are easy to dry on one's chest when asleep at night on a journey of this kind where one is continually traveling over snow and in a low temperature whether it be on ski or not my experience is that fin shoes are without doubt the most satisfactory covering for the feet in every way but they must be made of the skin of the hind legs of the reindeer buck they are warm and strong they are always flexible and are easy to put on and take off they require careful management however if they are not to be spoiled at the outset and one must try as well as one can to dry them when asleep at night if it be sunny and good drying weather outside the best plan is to hang them on a couple of ski staffs or something of the kind in the wind outside the tent preferably turned inside out so that the skin itself can dry quickly 
if one does not take this precaution the hair will soon begin to fall out in severe cold such as we had on the first part of our journey it was impossible to dry them in this way and our only resource was then to dry them on the feet at night after having carefully brushed and scraped them free from snow and moisture then the next process is to turn them inside out fill them with sennegrass or sedge if one have it thrust one's feet in and creep into the sleeping bag with them on for milder weather later on we had provided ourselves with leather boots of the komager type such as the laps use in summer in this case they were made of under-tanned oxhide with soles of the skin of the blue seal phoca barbara well rubbed in with a composition of tar and tallow they make a wonderfully strong and watertight boot especially for use in wet weather inside the fin shoe we used at the beginning of our journey this senegrass carex isicaria of which we had taken a supply this is most effective in keeping the feet dry and warm and if used lapwise that is with bare feet it draws all moisture to itself at night the wet senegrass must be removed from the boots well pulled out with the fingers so that it does not cling together and then dried during the night by being worn inside the coat or trousers leg in the morning it will be about dry and can be pressed into the boots again little by little however it becomes used up and if it is to last out a long journey a good supply must be taken we also had with us socks made of sheep's wool and human hair which were both warm and durable then too we took squares of vaudmel or norwegian homespun such as are used in our army which we wore inside our komager particularly myself on the latter part of the journey when the snow was wet they are comfortable to wear and easy to dry as one can spread them out under one's coat or trousers at night on our hands we wore large gloves of wolfskin in addition to ordinary woolen mittens underneath neither of them having separate divisions for the fingers exactly the same drying process had to be gone through with the gloves as with the footgear altogether the warmth of one's unfortunate body which is the only source of heat one has for this sort of work is chiefly expended in the effort to dry one's various garments and we spent our nights in wet compresses in order that the morrow might pass in a little more comfort on our heads we wore felt hats which shaded the eyes from the dazzling light and were less pervious to the wind than an ordinary woolen cap outside the hat we generally had one or two hoods of cloth by this means we could regulate the warmth of our heads to a certain extent and this is no unimportant thing it had been my original intention to use light one-man sleeping bags made of the skin of the reindeer calf as these however proved to be insufficiently warm i had to resort to the same principle we went on in greenland that is a double bag of adult reindeer skin a considerable increase of warmth is thus attained by the fact that the occupants warm each other furthermore a bag for two men is not a little lighter than two single bags an objection has been raised to joint bags on the score that one's night's rest is apt to be disturbed but this i have not found to be the case something which in my opinion ought not to be omitted from a sledge journey is a tent even if thin and frail it affords the members of an expedition so much protection and comfort 
that the inconsiderable increase in weight to the equipment is more than compensated for the tents that i had had made for the expedition were of strong undressed silk and very light they were square at the base and pointed at the top and were pitched by means only of a tent-pole in the middle on the same principle as the four-man tents used in our army most of them had canvas floors attached on our first start we took with us a tent of this kind intended to hold four men and weighing a little over seven pounds the floor is a certain advantage as it makes the whole tent compact and is quick to put up besides being more impervious to wind the whole tent is sewed in one piece walls and floor together and the only opening a little split through which to crawl one drawback however to it is that it is almost impossible not to carry in with one a certain amount of snow on the feet this melts during the night from the heat of one's body lying on it and the floor absorbs the moisture thereby causing the tent to be always a good deal heavier than the figures given here i accordingly relinquished all idea of a tent of this kind and took with me one of about the same dimensions but without a floor and of the same silk material as the other it took a little longer to put up but the difference was not great the walls were kept down by pegs and when all was finished we would bank it carefully round with snow to exclude wind and draughts then came the actual pitching of the tent which was accomplished by crawling in through the entrance and poking it up with a ski staff which also served as a tent pole it weighed a fraction over three pounds including sixteen pegs lasted the whole journey through that is to say until the autumn and was always a cherished place of refuge the cooking apparatus we took with us had the advantage of utilizing to the utmost the fuel consumed with it we were able in a very short space of time to cook food and simultaneously melt an abundance of drinking water so that both in the morning and in the evening we were able to drink as much as we wished and even a surplus remained the apparatus consisted of two boilers and a vessel for melting snow or ice in and was constructed in the following manner inside a ring-shaped vessel was placed the boiler while underneath this again was the lamp the entire combustion output was thus forced to mount into the space between the boiler and the ring-shaped vessel over this was a tight-fitting lid with a hole in the middle through which the hot air was obliged to pass before it could penetrate farther and reach the bottom of a flat snow-melter which was placed above it then after having delivered some part of its heat the air was forced down again on the outside of the ring-shaped vessel by the help of a mantle or cap which surrounded the hole here it parted with its last remaining warmth to the outer side of the ring vessel and finally escaped almost entirely cooled from the lower edge of the mantle for the heating was used a swedish gas petroleum lamp known as the primus in which the heat turns a petroleum into gas before it is consumed by this means it renders the combustion unusually complete numerous experiments made by professor torup at his laboratory proved that the cooker in ordinary circumstances yielded ninety to ninety three per cent of the heat which the petroleum consumed should by combustion theoretically evolve a more satisfactory result i think it would be difficult to obtain the vessels in this cooker were made of german silver while the lid outside cap etc were of aluminum 
together with two tin mugs two tin spoons and a tin ladle it weighed exactly eight pounds thirteen ounces while the lamp the primus weighed four and a half ounces as fuel my choice this time fell on petroleum snowflake alcohol which has generally been used before on arctic expeditions has several advantages and in particular is easy to burn one decided drawback to it however is the fact that it does not by any means generate so much heat in comparison with its weight as petroleum when the latter is entirely consumed as was the case with the lamp used by us as i was afraid that petroleum might freeze i had a notion of employing gas oil but gave up the idea as it escapes so easily that it is difficult to preserve and is moreover very explosive we had no difficulties with our snowflake petroleum on account of the cold we took with us rather more than four gallons and this quantity lasted us one hundred twenty days enabling us to cook two hot meals a day and melt an abundance of water of snowshoes we took several pairs as we had to be prepared for breakages in the uneven drift ice besides this they would probably get considerably worn in the summer time when the snow became wet and granular those we took with us were particularly tough and slid readily they were for the most part of the same kind of maple as the sledges and of birch and hickory they had all been well rubbed in with a concoction of tar stearine and tallow as we calculated to subsist in a measure on what we could shoot ourselves it was necessary for us to have firearms the most important gun for this kind of work is naturally the rifle but as in all likelihood we should have to go across large expanses of snow where probably there would be little big game and whereas on the other hand birds might very likely come flying over our heads i thought shotguns would be the most serviceable to us therefore we decided on the same equipment in this respect as we had in greenland we took with us two double-barreled guns buxflints each of them having a shot barrel of twenty bore and a barrel for ball express of about point three six o caliber our supply of ammunition consisted of about one hundred eighty rifle cartridges and one hundred fifty shot cartridges our instruments for determining our position and for working sites were a small light theodolite specially constructed for the purpose which with its case this i had also had made to act as a stand only weighed a little over two pounds we had furthermore a pocket sextant and an artificial glass horizon a light azimuth compass of aluminum and a couple of other compasses for the meteorological observations we had a couple of aneroid barometers two minimum spirit thermometers and three quicksilver sling thermometers in addition to these we had a good aluminum telescope and also a photographic camera the most difficult but also perhaps the most important point in the equipment of a sledge expedition is thoroughly good and adequate victualling i have already mentioned in the introduction to this book that the first and foremost object is to protect oneself against scurvy and other maladies by the choice of foods which through careful preparation and sterilization are assured against decomposition on a sledge expedition of this kind where so much attention must be paid to the weight of the equipment it is hardly possible to take any kinds of provisions except those of which the weight has been reduced as much as possible by careful and complete drying 
as however meat and fish are not so easily digested when dried it is no unimportant thing to have them in a pulverized form the dried food is in this manner so finely distributed that it can with equal facility be digested and received into the organism this preparation of meat and fish was therefore the only kind we took with us the meat was muscular beef taken from the ox and freed from all fat gristle etc it was then dried as quickly as possible in a completely fresh condition and thereupon ground and mixed with the same proportion of beef suet as is used in the ordinary preparation of pemmican this form of food which has been used for a considerable time on sledge expeditions has gained for itself much esteem and rightly if well prepared as ours was it is undeniably a nourishing and easily digested food one ought not however to trust to its always being harmless as if carelessly prepared that is slowly or imperfectly dried it may also be very injurious to the health another item of our provisions by which we set great store was vaga's fish flour it is well prepared and has admirable keeping qualities if boiled in water and mixed with flour and butter or dried potatoes it furnishes a very appetizing dish another point which should be attended to is that the food be of such a kind that it can be eaten without cooking fuel is part of an equipment no doubt but if for some reason or other this be lost or used up one would be in a bad case indeed had one not provided against such a contingency by taking food which could be eaten in spite of that in order to save fuel too it is important that the food should not require cooking but merely warming the flour that we took with us had therefore been steamed and could if necessary have been eaten as it was without further preparation merely brought to a boil it made a good hot dish we also took dried boiled potatoes pea soup chocolate veal food etc our bread was partly carefully dried wheaten biscuits and partly aluronic bread which i had caused to be made of wheat flour mixed with about thirty per cent of aluronic flour vegetable albumen we also took with us a considerable quantity of butter eighty-six pounds which had been well worked on board in order to get out all superfluous water by this means not only was considerable weight saved but the butter did not become so hard in the cold on the whole it must be said that our menus included considerable variety and we were never subjected to that sameness of food which former sledge expeditions have complained so much of finally we always had ravenous appetites and always thought our meals as delicious as they could be our medicine chest consisted on this occasion of a little bag containing naturally only the most absolutely necessary drugs etc some splints and some ligatures and plaster of paris bandages for possible broken legs and arms aperient pills and laudanum for derangements of the stomach which were never required chloroform in case of an amputation for example from frostbite a couple of small glasses of cocaine in solution for snow blindness also unused drops for toothache carbolic acid iodoform gauze a couple of curved needles and some silk for sewing up wounds a scalpel two artery tweezers also for amputations and a few other sundries 
Happily, our medicines were hardly ever required, except that the ligatures and bandages came in very handily the following winter as wicks for our train oil lamps. Still better for this purpose, however, is Nicolaisen's plaster, of which we had taken a supply for possible broken collarbones. The layer of wax we scraped carefully off and found it most satisfactory for caulking our leaky kayaks. List of the equipment, sledge number one, with Nansen's kayak. Kayak, 41 pounds, 2 ounces, 18.7 kilos. Pump for pumping kayaks in case of leakage, 1 pound, 2 ounces, 0.5 kilos. Sail, 1 pound, 9 ounces, 0.7 kilos. Axe and geological hammer, 1 pound, 5 ounces, 0.6 kilos. Gun and case, 7 pounds, 4 ounces, 3.3 kilos. Two small wooden rods belonging to cooker, 0 pounds, 14 ounces, 0.4 kilos. Theolite and case, 4 pounds, 13 ounces, 2.2 kilos. Three reserve cross pieces for sledges, 2 pounds, 0 ounces, 0.9 kilos. Some pieces of wood, 0 pounds, 11 ounces, 0.3 kilos. Harpoon line, 0 pounds, 8.4 ounces, 0.24 kilos. Fur gaiters, 1 pound, 3 ounces, 0.55 kilos. Five balls of cord, 2 pounds, 9 ounces, 1.17 kilos. Cooker with two mugs, ladle and two spoons, 8 pounds, 13 ounces, 4 kilos. Petroleum lamp, primus, 0 pounds, 4.5 ounces, 0.1 kilos. Pocket flask, 0 pounds, 6 ounces, 0.17 kilos. Bag with sundry articles of clothing, 8 pounds, 13 ounces, 4 kilos. Blanket, 4 pounds, 6 ounces, 2 kilos. Jersey, 2 pounds, 8 ounces, 1.15 kilos. Fin shoes filled with grass, 3 pounds, 1 ounce, 1.4 kilos. Cap for fitting over opening in kayak, 0 pounds, 7 ounces, 0.2 kilos. One pair komager, 2 pounds, 1 ounce, 0.95 kilos. Two pair kayak gloves and one harpoon and line, 1 pound, 5 ounces, 0.6 kilos. One waterproof seal skin kayak overcoat, 3 pounds, 1 ounce, 1.4 kilos. Tool bag, 2 pounds, 10 ounces, 1.2 kilos. Bag of sewing materials, including sail maker's palm, sail needles, and other sundries, 2 pounds, 10 ounces, 1.2 kilos. Three Norwegian flags, 0 pounds, 4 ounces, 0.1 kilos. Medicines, etc., 4 pounds, 15 ounces, 2.25 kilos. Photographic camera, 4 pounds, 10 ounces, 2.1 kilos. One cassette and one tin box of films, 3 pounds, 14 ounces, 1.75 kilos. One wooden cup, 0 pounds, 3 ounces, 0 0.08 kilos. One rope for lashing kayak to sledge, 2 pounds, 0 ounces, 0.9 kilos. Pieces of reindeer skin to prevent kayaks from chafing, 3 pounds, 15 ounces, 1.8 kilos. Wooden shovel, 2 pounds, 3 ounces, 1 kilo. Ski staff with disc at bottom, 1 pound, 9 ounces, 0.7 kilos. One bamboo staff, 1 pound, 0 ounces, 0.45 kilos. 
two oak staves two pounds ten ounces one point two kilos seven reserve dog harnesses and two reserve hauling ropes two pounds ten ounces one point two kilos one coil of rope zero pounds six ounces point one eight kilos four bamboo poles for masts and for steering sledges eight pounds thirteen ounces four kilos one bag of bread five pounds fifteen ounces two point seven kilos one bag of whey powder three pounds five ounces one point five kilos one bag of sugar two pounds three ounces one kilo one bag of albuminous flour one pound twelve ounces point eight kilos one bag of lime juice tablets one pound ten ounces point seven three kilos one bag of frame food stamina tablets two pounds seven ounces one point one kilos as boats grips under the sledges were three sacks of pemmican together two hundred thirty eight pounds one ounce one hundred eight point two kilos one sack lever postae or pate made of calf's liver ninety three pounds fifteen ounces forty two point seven kilos sledge number two on this were carried in strong sacks albuminous flour fourteen pounds fifteen ounces six point eight kilos wheat flour fifteen pounds six ounces seven kilos whey powder sixteen pounds fifteen ounces seven point seven kilos corn flour eight pounds thirteen ounces four kilos sugar seven pounds one ounce three point two kilos real food thirty one pounds four ounces fourteen point two kilos australian pemmican thirteen pounds zero ounces five point nine kilos chocolate twelve pounds twelve ounces five point eight kilos oatmeal eleven pounds zero ounces five kilos dried red whortleberries zero pounds fourteen ounces point four kilos two sacks of white bread together sixty nine pounds five ounces thirty one point five kilos one sack of aluronate bread forty six pounds ten ounces twenty one point two kilos special food a mixture of pea flour meat powder fat etc sixty three pounds thirteen ounces twenty nine kilos butter eighty five pounds thirteen ounces thirty nine kilos fish flour vagas thirty four pounds two ounces fifteen point five kilos dried potatoes fifteen pounds three ounces six point nine kilos one reindeer skin sleeping bag nineteen pounds thirteen ounces nine kilos two steel wire ropes with couples for twenty eight dogs eleven pounds zero ounces five kilos one pair hickory snowshoes eleven pounds zero ounces five kilos weight of sledge forty three pounds five ounces nineteen point seven kilos sledge number three with johansen's kayak kayak forty one pounds six ounces eighteen point eight kilos two pieces of reindeer skin to prevent chafing one pound twelve ounces point eight kilos a supply of dog shoes one pound three ounces point five five kilos one eskimo shooting sledge with sail intended for possible seal shooting on the ice one pound ten ounces point seven three kilos two sledge sails two pounds ten ounces one point two kilos pump zero pounds fourteen ounces point four kilos 
or blades made of canvas stretched on frames and intended to be lashed to the ski staffs one pound two ounces point five kilos gun seven pounds two point seven ounces three point two six kilos flask zero pounds five point nine ounces point one seven kilos net for catching crustacea in the sea zero pounds five point two ounces point one five kilos one pair comager one pound fifteen point seven ounces point nine kilos waterproof kayak overcoat of sealskin two pounds three ounces one kilo fur gaiters zero pounds seven point three ounces point two one kilos two reserve pieces of wood zero pounds nine point eight ounces point two eight kilos two tins of petroleum about five gallons forty pounds point six ounces eighteen point two kilos several reserve snowshoe fastenings zero pounds fifteen point one ounce point four three kilos lantern for changing plates etc one pound one point two ounces point four nine kilos artificial glass horizon zero pounds ten point two ounces point two nine kilos bag with cords and nautical almanac zero pounds four point six ounces point one three kilos pocket sextant zero pounds thirteen point seven ounces point three nine kilos two packets of matches zero pounds thirteen point seven ounces point three nine kilos one reserve sheet of german silver for repaving plates under sledge runners zero pounds seven point four ounces point two one kilos pitch zero pounds three point five ounces point one kilos two minimum thermometers in cases zero pounds seven point four ounces point two one kilos three quicksilver thermometers in cases zero pounds four point nine ounces point one four kilos one compass zero pounds eight point eight ounces point two five kilos one aluminum compass zero pounds eight point four ounces point two four kilos one aluminum telescope eleven pounds eight point six ounces point seven kilos senegrass or sedge for fin shoes zero pounds seven ounces point two kilos bag with cartridges twenty six pounds one ounce eleven point eight five kilos leather pouch with reserve shooting requisites parts for gun locks reserve cocks balls powder etc three pounds one ounce one point four kilos leather pouch with glass bottle one spoon and five pencils zero pounds ten point six ounces point three kilos bag with navigation tables nautical almanac cards etc two pounds seven ounces one point one kilos tin box with diaries letters photographs observation journals etc three pounds ten ounces one point six five kilos one cap for covering hole in deck of kayak zero pounds eight ounces point two three kilos one sack of meat chocolate seventeen pounds ten ounces eight kilos one bag of soups six pounds ten ounces three kilos one bag of cocoa seven pounds six ounces three point three five kilos one bag of fish flour three pounds twelve ounces one point seven kilos one bag of wheat flour two pounds zero ounces point nine kilos one bag of chocolate four pounds six ounces two kilos one bag of oatmeal four pounds six ounces two kilos one bag of real food 
four pounds six ounces two kilos as grips under the sledge were one sack of oatmeal twenty nine pounds one ounce thirteen point two kilos one sack of pemmican one hundred fifteen pounds one ounce fifty two point three kilos one sack of liver pate one hundred eleven pounds twelve ounces fifty point eight kilos a list of our dogs and their weights on starting may be of interest kvik seventy eight pounds thirty five point seven kilos freya fifty pounds twenty two point seven kilos barbara forty nine and a half pounds twenty two point five kilos suggen sixty one and a half pounds twenty eight kilos flint fifty nine and a half pounds twenty seven kilos barabbas sixty one and a half pounds twenty eight kilos gulen sixty and a half pounds twenty seven point five kilos haran sixty one and a half pounds twenty eight kilos barnet thirty nine pounds seventeen point seven kilos sultan sixty eight pounds thirty one kilos clapperslangen fifty nine and a half pounds twenty seven kilos block fifty nine pounds twenty six point eight kilos bjelke thirty eight pounds seventeen point three kilos schuliga forty pounds eighteen kilos kata forty five and a half pounds twenty point seven ounces Narifas forty six pounds twenty one kilos Livyagrin thirty eight and a half pounds seventeen point five kilos Potiphar fifty seven pounds twenty six kilos Storaven seventy pounds thirty one point eight kilos Ispian sixty one and a half pounds twenty eight kilos Lilaraven fifty nine pounds twenty six point seven kilos Quindfoca thirty seven pounds twenty six kilos Perpetuum sixty three pounds twenty eight point six kilos Barrow sixty and a half pounds twenty seven point five kilos Rusen fifty eight pounds twenty six point five kilos Kaifas sixty nine pounds thirty one point five kilos Ulenka fifty seven pounds twenty six kilos Pan sixty five pounds twenty nine point five kilos End of file five